Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you. Introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer. With its fast, flexible, secure, and low-cost solutions, businesses across the world can pay and get paid globally. Visit Payoneer.com now. Also by ChatbotPH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes. All by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph. There's only three things that you know YC looks for: team, the time, and the traction. The team is the most important. You know, show that you're the right team. You have a technical co-founder. Um, you have you have something to prove that you can actually do shit. Welcome to Hustle Share. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beit Yong. Welcome to episode 49 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster and I'm your host. And this episode is powered by Payoneer, a digital payment platform that provides online money transfer, empowering businesses around the world to grow globally. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia. And before we begin, I'd like to remind you that this podcast is for adults only. So make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be talking to the hottest startup from the Philippines. And fresh out of Y Combinator, we're going to be talking to their CEO, Mr. Francis Plaza of PayMongo. 
And today is one of those special episodes because PayMongo is one of two Filipino startups that have ever been to Y Combinator. And if you're not aware of what Y Combinator is, Y Combinator is the most prestigious startup accelerator in the world. And the acceptance rate of being in Y Combinator is slower than Harvard. But before we do a deep dive of how this team was able to make it, Francis is going to share his journey of how he started out as a student in Leyte and how he was able to hustle to get in Philippine science all the way to how he was able to study in the Massachusetts Institute of Technology when he was in college. Francis is also going to share his early struggles while he was studying in MIT and how he was able to overcome them with his first few hustles while he was in the States. Francis is also going to share why he went back to the Philippines and how PayMongo came to be and how they were able to apply in Y Combinator and what it felt like when they found out that they were being accepted. And this is where it gets interesting because Francis is going to share with us in depth what it was like during the Y Combinator experience and the learnings they were able to get while they were there. And as usual, don't forget to take down notes because Francis is going to share a lot of learnings that you can use if you want to join Y Combinator in the future. So if you're ready to learn the hustle of getting into Y Combinator, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We are with someone that I had to fucking make room for. I've been bugging this guy. I'm, better, I'm pretty sure he's annoyed. <laughs> but Because I kept bugging him like a bitch. Uh, and, uh, by the way, we can cuss here. Okay. Right? So we have here CEO of the hottest startup in the Philippines today, PayMongo. But before we start, I'd like to again thank you to say to our network, Podcast Network Asia, whose studios are located in We Remote Coworking here in Metrowalk in Pasig City for helping us out with our show. And if you guys want to check out, please do follow us on Instagram at, at Podcast Network Asia or check out our website at podcastnetwork.asia. So, Francis... Thank yes. you, thank you, thank you for making time. Sure, no, thanks here. for having me. Yeah, no, dude, dude, I love your shirt. I've had, <laughs> so I made Arbor the striped shirt okay. in uh, in their Singapore office. Singapore, yeah. Because no, when they nice opened, it's like fuck, I gotta have their <laughs> swag. So the reason, oh, there's two reasons why you're here today. Yeah. Number one, I'm so impressed with your hustle. You're so so young and so <laughs> much, so much promise and then whatnot. And second thing is, I'm your customer. Okay. Why? Because. In my past two startups, the biggest bitch I had to fuck with okay. is payments. Right. Okay, I'll tell you Everyone. why. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I'll tell you why. The reason why I incorporated Chatbot PH in Singapore is because I tried using Stripe for my first startup, guestless.ph, a nightlife app. Okay. And I my business model was uh, it's a freemium. And in order for that to work, you need to have you charge recurring payments. Right. Of course. And there's no way you can do that then with existing payments here before. Okay. Prior to you guys. Okay. And I had to use Stripe. And the only program I can get that add on is Stripe Atlas. We're right. going to fucking do the, yeah, Delaware, the, the, the Delaware weird fucking shit. Yes. And then when I found out that, holy fuck, they're going to be in, in, uh, in, in Singapore. Singapore, yeah. Right? Through 500 Startup. Shout out Kylie Ang and Peruze of Stripe. Of Stripe. Holy shit. That's like, mm. wow, that's it. So on the, my next startup, I put up. Uh, I made sure that I can have Stripe straight up, so I incorporated in Singapore. In Singapore. Okay. But before I blab my Go. mouth, 
Francis, what's your hustle? Sure. So, I'm Francis. Um, I my background is actually in software engineering. Yes. I never thought of um, you know going into entrepreneurship. Right. Um, so I, I did my computer science degree in Boston. Um, Boston, yeah. MIT, not just Boston, huh? not the Celtics. <laughs> this is MIT. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, and then my my dream growing up was just you know be a software engineer, work right. for Facebook and Google, and right. then um, yeah, I worked in the states, and then realized that you know the startup community here is growing, right? Um, and uh, I decided to come back, and right? And then you studied again. I, I did a little bit of stalking on you. Yeah, again, shout out to LinkedIn. You never pay us, but I always mention you. Mm-hmm. But um, you. S- Studied in Pisay. Yes, my co-founder is from Pisay. Oh, okay, cool. Right, and right. Uh, another person that wanted to ask a question on the show later is a co-alumnus, Katrina Chan. Oh, okay. She has a question for you, All also right. from Pisay. Right. I have oh. nothing but respect for people who studied <laughs> in Pisay. Just walk us through. I always do this. Um, we we ride the hustle share time machine, and when we sure. go back to how you started your grind and your hustle, yeah. How did the the love for technology start for you when you were young? Yeah. So. Um, so I grew up actually like underprivileged. So none mm-hmm. of my parents went to college. Wow. Um, and then yeah, I grew up in a small town in Leyte. Wow. Lo- yeah. Um, uh, luckily, I I got. I'm a, from nor- my my parents are from northern. Sa- I mean, my oh, mom okay. is northern Samar. So, so you speak uh, uh, all right. Uh, yeah, very fluently. But my okay. waray is different from the normal Leyte waray. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. No, but I was in the south, so okay. I spoke Cebuano. Ah. Um, Masin. Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um. And yeah, so I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to go to Pisay. Yes, uh, and then that was 2005, where uh, I think the hottest game was Ragnarok, you know, level up games yes. and all that. Shout but out. I, yeah. <laughs> so the the former CEO of Ragnarok was a guest here before. Oh, okay. It's Minette Navarrete of Kickstart. Oh, oh, she was, but okay, yeah. you didn't know that. So okay. she was right in the thing of pourings and what. If you want to right, learn right. her hustle, check out all the backstories <laughs> and whatnot. Okay. So you, you got it. Ragnarok was the inspiration. Yes. So, right. um, but I was, you know, I was a high school kid, didn't okay. have the money to play. Yep. Um. So m- my goal was, you know, what if I could create my own server so that I don't have to buy those expensive level up games cards. Yep. Yep. So I was nine, and with no money, I basically just read and taught myself how to code in wow. order to build my own server. So I would spend like hours in internet cafe, 20 pesos an hour, wow. to teach myself oh my that. God. Six months into freshman year of high school, right. I ended up building my own server. I was the game master in my high school. No and all fucking that. way. Yeah. That is amazing. So that's how I got into computer science. And then basically, ever since I was 10, I like dreamt of being a software engineer. Right, right. That's amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> then... Walk us through. Yeah. Pisay to fucking MIT. Yeah. <laughs> How did that happen, bro? Like, holy shit. That's, that's like that. Do you guess? Can you just provide some context here? What is MIT and how hard is it to get to the Massachusetts Institute? Of, this is not MIT, not Mapua. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to fuck you up with this. It's not Mapua. It's Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Yeah. How did you get there? Yeah, no. Um, so I never really thought of going abroad for college. Right. My mm-hmm. dream school was, you know, I, I grew up in Leyte. I always wanted to go to Manila. You know, it's like you right. know, this place I've never been. Mm-hmm. Um, but then going to senior year, parang, you know, I realized you know, everybody was going to UP. Everybody was going to Atene. And I was right. like, I want to be different. Wow. Um, so I went into like Google and was like, okay, where's Harvard? So Harvard was the only school I knew outside of the Philippines. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so it was like, look at Google Maps. It was in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Yeah, I was like, not oh, Cambridge, it's a- not Cambridge Analytica. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so I was like right. looking around the city, Google Street Maps, okay. and parang 
Like two miles away was this school called MIT. I didn't, I haven't heard right. of it. Oh, it's like Mapu has a brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. Um, and then I that was the uh, the year when the movie Knowing was released. Knowing, yeah, what's I Knowing again? Let me just jujel uh, that right now. Yeah, it's like Nicolas Cage movie. Like the world was ending, and he was this MIT professor trying to save the world. Oh my God! Yeah. Really? Okay. Um, so yeah, and then so I did my research and was like. Holy hell! This this is a school I want to be in. Yes. Okay. Uh, so you know, I, the next day I told my mom I needed like twenty thousand pesos to apply for an SAT, and she didn't know what it was. But okay. she was like, "Yeah, I have some extra money." Flew wow. to Manila like parang two weeks after okay. to take the exam. So it was just so random. And then uh, an MIT alum reached out. He wanted to do an interview. He you know he flew to Leyte to meet me, like this American guy. My God! Uh, I was like what fourteen, turning fifteen. Holy shit! Um, but I'm getting you know. goosebumps right now <laughs> listening to this because this is straight out of the movie stuff. Just provide some context. Yeah. Who are the popular startup founders that graduated from MIT? Yeah, actually, like the top two YC companies have MITs in the founding team. Like Airbnb has Joe Gebbia. He did. Uh, I, I think like media in the MIT Media Sweet. Lab, okay. um, and of course Stripe. Um, Patrick yeah. Collison was three years ahead of me. Sweet. Actually, heard of like Stripe uh, when it was still Dev Payments. Wow. Um, when Patrick was just doing it, like you know, out of, right. like when he was still in college. Um, but yeah, so those are the guys and many others, of and course. And many others before yeah. you. Yeah, Again, definitely. this is like the league of all leagues. <laughs> How was that experience being in MIT? I don't know. I've, 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 I've interviewed several people who have studied in the States. Yeah. But you coming from the province, growing up there, how was that a culture shock to now be in MIT where yeah. it's like the fucking... The, the mecca of all science and <laughs> yeah. all that. How how was that experience for you? No, it was a, it's, it was a total culture shock. I mean, right. I I could speak English, but you know, language Not and bashing, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> language and actual culture are totally different. Right. And I was I was 15 when I went to college. Okay, turning 16 what at that time. What the fuck are you kidding me? And wow. my and my peers were like 18, 19, something wow. or 20. So you're the kid. Yeah, I was the kid there. Yeah. Um, Barely legal to join any friend. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I turned 21 after I graduated college. So imagine, like, I, you know, drinking age was 21. Oh, that so sucks. I, I couldn't have fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just total culture shock. Um, the first year was so hard. Like, there were times that I wanted to go back to the Philippines. But, you know. How did you make ends meet on that time? I mean, is it, when you say a scholarship, were there, there, there monetary support that was being done? How yeah, no, I, I got a full ride uh, okay. to, to go to MIT. Okay. Um, Pretty much everything was paid. So it actually wow. turned out to be cheaper to go to school there than if I had been in UP. Really? So for my wow. parents who didn't know what MIT was, like, yeah, it was it was a it was a trivial decision to make. Wow. But so. uh, what's the likelihood of so you got into the scholarship? Yeah. What's the likelihood of passing? Especially passing is already hard. Yeah. But getting a scholarship is like much, 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 much <laughs> more harder. What's the likelihood for you getting that 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 type of uh, exposure? I mean, that type of privilege or, or, or opportunity? Yeah. Um. So the admission rate now, if I'm not mistaken, is about five percent. Five percent. Yeah. For like the the total admission rate, but for internationals, where they limit the number right. of people, it would be like. Five percent of that five percent. So that's how it it is hard for like internationals. What like, the like, fuck? Like, and you were one of them. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. I, I'm already sold. I'm sold. Like, if I, I'm listening to this podcast right now. Okay, this is starting out really well. So after you graduated, mm -hmm. what was the first thing you did? Did you want to come back first? And so now you're empowered with this MIT. Yeah. You know, uh, Da Vinci Code and whatnot, mm -hmm. right? What did you take up in MIT again? I, I did computer science and economics. Dude, yeah. that is amazing. Mm -hmm. What was the key learnings you learned? In in that 
experience that you know i mean just going in high is like like holy shit well the, how does the academe like and how is that coming out Were, was there a lot of bravado and or whatnot or how is that just you're 21 literally li- drinking age yeah. legal drinking age how was that experience no um it was actually a very humbling experience we have okay. this they have we have this joke uh, in school and uh you know, our rival school is Harvard. And, um, yep. you know, we always say, how do you know when someone is from Harvard? Because they always tell you. Uh, MIT was the total opposite. It was a very humbling experience because the school was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we were challenged that after we go out of school, like everybody thinks that you're the smartest person in, in the room. Right. But because the, the entire four-year experience was so hard. Right. Um, but it actually made me sort of like, you know, but open arms to all ideas, and I think that allowed a lot of MIT graduates to be really entrepreneurial, being collaborative with a, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. How we were trained, for example, like we we don't have Latin honors in school, so nobody graduates with honors. Really, wow. Nobody have like we don't have a dean's list, and basically the idea was that grades was just a number like to achieve, but overall it's a collaborative experience. And, and I just think the fact that you're in MIT already, is yeah, of course, it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I think yeah, overall it allowed us to be very collaborative and. Entrepreneurial. Oh my God, that's crazy! So, what did you first hustle? So, I'm looking at your LinkedIn. You did some, you know, you did a laboratory assistant jobs and whatnot. What was? How did that help you out? Yeah, no. Um, so I had a scholarship, but but yeah, I guess like MIT really helps you like to also like um earn some extra money as you learn. So that's that's how I ended up. So I was teaching actually. Wow. um, Even when I was in college, so like my basically when I'm I was in junior year and senior year, I would be like teaching like you know sophomore and already freshman. That is crazy. <laughs> what's the, what's one hustle that you did on the side that you remember while doing this? Um, like in college or yeah, in college. Um, well, the I would say like the because I would say the most memorable one was like working with Tim Berners-Lee. Okay, uh, yeah, Who's he's Tim Berners-Lee. Yeah, yeah. He, he's the guy who created the World Wide Web, basically. Do you fucking understand who this <laughs> guy is? That's crazy. Um, okay, so I spent. Hmm, like two semesters working for his lab, um, so like I don't know if you're familiar, but they have this thing called the semantic web, Web 3.0, yep, which is yep. like trying to change the web. I, I I think it's still far from being mainstream because all these big uh, yep. you know companies are trying to prevent. And people are that. dumb right now; they yeah. don't even know how to tell it's fake news <laughs> and all that. Yeah, but but yeah, no, I was part of that team uh, yeah. actually just creating like test suites for Web 3.0, but right. yeah, still. Long way to go. That is amazing. Yeah. Okay, now after this, you did Oracle. Yes, so that's my first job out of college. Yeah. Okay, how do you get to Oracle? Because this is the big boys league right away. You didn't even take a, a cute, <laughs> cute whatever job. You went for the biggest of the best. You, were, you went to Mount Olympus and get got the Oracle. How did you get the Oracle job? No, actually, um, to be honest, looking back, I mm-hmm. think you know it would have been better if I had gone to. Like a small startup back then, um, mm. but then sort of me like connecting the dots. Okay, um, but uh, Oracle was, I think, sort of random also, and it was out of the fact that they were really aggressive in their offer. So, f- mm. you know, first week of senior year, like they were calling already me, recruiting you guys, yeah, and then had wow. me fly to California to do interviews, and wow. I had an offer like even bef- you know barely. Shoot. Senior year, so basically, that's crazy. How was that experience? What did the thing? What did you do there? And how did that change your perspective further? Yeah, um, so that was my first job. I didn't know like what corporate job would be. <laughs> um, right. Uh, I joined this company that they just recently acquired. So okay. they wanted to be this. You know, this was 2013. Yeah, they wanted to be a 
significant player in the cloud, and I think right. they're still lagging behind. Okay. Um, so they bought this company called Vitru, which was based in Atlanta. It was a uh, the it was, A dirty dirty south. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> in the south. <laughs> the Migos. That's yeah, where the Migos guys. come from. Yeah. Those guys. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, no, it was a social cloud management platform. The yeah. only reason that I ended up going there was that, because I code in Rails. I love Ruby and Rails. And I think in the entire Oracle ecosystem, it was the only this this small group uh, building in Rails. Oh, so Rails, like, wow. Yeah. What was that? What was Oracle usually built on? Oh, uh, well, definitely in Java, most, Java, mostly. I think part of it is Python for like the data part. But, Got it. Yeah. But Rails, I mean, uh, shout out to Jason Torres, this <laughs> ma- the, the headmaster yeah. or the Yoda yeah. of Re- Ruby yes. on Rails here in the Philippines. Yes. Like, dude, I, there, there's only a few of them. Mm-hmm. Those guys are fucking good. Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. So, Rails. And you were building the, this new startup that they acquired, or what were they trying to do? Were they trying to kill it or just trying to incorporate into the Oracle system? Uh, they were trying. That was the yeah. I joined at the face of like um, integration. So what okay. Oracle did was that they actually he, it act, they actually bought um, several competitors in the okay. same space. Okay. So they bought like three companies and merged them together. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Now, after this, when did you decide that? All right, uh, you tried your own startup. I, I I'm looking did. at it now. Yes. Okay. And so, what was your experience and how? What did you try to build before? Yeah. So that actually was born out of my college thesis. Okay. So it was last minute, like I, it was a few months before graduation. I didn't have a project. And then one of my advisors, he, he grew up in Southeast Asia and he okay. was like, hey, you're Filipino and there are lo- there's a lot of Filipinos in California yep. that travels to... Ma- That's uh, Philippine 2.0. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Little Manila is daily city. Yep. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, these guys, you know, bring a lot of stuff back home. Yep. Pesalabang. Yes. Pesalabang. Exactly. Those balikbayan <laughs> boxes. Right, right. And uh, the idea was, well, what if we take advantage of those space and, you know, ah, pay them uh, while ah, they bring stuff? So we, we actually literally went to, like, SFO and LAX just to randomly talk to Filipinos and wow. ask them, hey, can you bring this iPad? Somebody in Naia Terminal 2 would be waiting to yeah, pick it up. Yeah, there's kush in the iPad. <laughs> just kidding. So we're basically, you know, picking mules. Exactly. Wow, so wow. That, that is awesome. Okay, so... Did that turn out well? What happened to that? Um, so we couldn't scale it. You know, we were like 20-year-olds. Um, Who was your time. co-founders back then? So my friends from high school, uh, wow. they were in Ateneo actually at that time. So we, we had people here. Uh, I was there in the States. Um, and you know, we're trying to make it work. What, what were the main reasons in hindsight why that didn't work out? Um, one is that, uh, well, we, it was really hard to get funding at that time, yeah. um, especially for a Philippine-based company. We tried mm-hmm. to apply to YC. Uh-huh. Um, we didn't get in, but but actually, what was surprising was the next batch. They they accepted another company was exactly doing the same thing. Really, um, but the guys who applied had a, a deep background in logistics. I think you know the team experience, part was, right? Got it. Well, yeah, um, yeah. So it, it was pretty much that. I think. Okay, so let's take a break, and when we come back, let's talk about how you went back. Because now you went back. <laughs> now I understand what there what's, what's going on and whatnot. But let's talk about that more sure. after the break. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact 24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact 24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from the break. We're still with the guy who's really blowing me away. Just 15 <laughs> minutes, and I'm already like, what the fuck? That's crazy. So, Francis, before the break, you told me that, you know, you put your startup, it didn't work out. When yeah. did you decide to come back here in the Philippines? And why did you decide to come back? Yeah, so that was late 2014. It was sort of, I guess, there were a lot of factors that happened there. Right. Um, Oracle was applying uh, on my behalf for a green card. Okay. Um, so I was, there, I was there really hoping that I was set for the American dream, as they Got call it. it. Um, unfortunately, like, you know, things happened. Um, the immigration system at that time wasn't really too friendly. Right. Um, and I had a, you know, I was trying to make Uber work. So there was these two Got things it. that, oh, should I stay? I should have just tried it out. So I eventually decided, no, maybe that was the right time to move back. Got it. And then what did you do when you you came back? Because now, just put it, say, I'm from MIT and just fucking show your shit. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. And you did crazy hustles here. You were a lecturer in Atenea, you were a consultant in Globe, you were a consultant in Smart and Closing PLD. These are all telcos. Yes. Um, why? Why? Like, uh, um, I guess my initial network here in Manila were folks from, from Globe, um, okay. from the telco industry. Uh, and basically, that was the period of my life that I was still trying to figure out what kind of you know stuff I would want to do uh, back here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what did you initially do for these telcos? Yeah, for Globe, that was when um, I, that was 2014. That was the time they were forming their data team. Got it. Uh, so uh, there were a lot of things going on in, in the company. So we were there just, you know, trying to do experiments within the data team. Got it. Okay, yeah. so that's okay. We don't want to divulge Ernest Kumas. We don't want them angry. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. But in terms of experience, yeah. coming from an MIT Oracle standpoint, yeah. now what were the stark differences that you were now able to tell? Like, holy shit, I came from the Mecca and now I'm back mm-hmm. in the boondocks. Yes. So how how was what was that like? Yeah, no, I I think that's also still something that I would want to influence moving forward. But one realization I had was that there's a total shift between how people treat engineers here and you know how it is in the valley, for example. Okay. So companies in the valley are very much powered by you know these 
nerds basically and you know they, they look you know they look up to them right right um and basically like decisions when it comes to product and things that to build comes from you know these bunch of engineers right here it's a total shift like engineers are treated sort of um generally you know i, I wouldn't generalize but you know there are a lot of companies who would treat them just you know, as builders and you know marketing people would just or fixers uh, yeah, oh, essentially. IT. Do you, yeah. are you do you know computer <laughs> office my reformat my shit yes exactly <laughs> they always um, do that yeah and i think you know if I think if we can shift, you know, towards sort of like an engineering-centric community, mm-hmm. uh, I think that would, you know, help us innovate more. And I totally agree. Again, just just giving a foresight of what right. we're going to be discussing in a bit. Paul Graham said it. We think founders are most productive when they can spend most of their time hacking. Yes. So exactly. when they're fucking hacking, they're not hacking hmm. your Facebook. Okay, <laughs> they're hacking. And what he said more, our goal is to create an environment where you can focus exclusively on building product right. and talking to users. Yeah, totally but, agree. Exactly. But before we do that again, now after this, you joined a startup here. Magpie. Yes. Yeah. Right. What did you do for Magpie and how did you meet Tito Dom? Yes. And so how no, did you do that? Dom and I have known each other since I was actually like in college. Cause, wow. Um, okay. When I was in college, I, I would go home to the Philippines every summer, funded okay. by MIT to teach in UP. Wow. Really? Uh, and we needed like local sponsors and okay. Globe was sponsoring. So okay. he was at Globe at that time. So, mm-hmm. um, But yeah, no, um, Dom and I have been working in Globe and Smart mm-hmm. and uh, he was building this Magpie right. um, you know, payments platform at the yes. time. Uh, and I was like, hey, you know, I, I would consult for him and eventually ended up helping him build yeah. also the first version of it. Yeah. yeah, the MVP. And then you had to leave after like a couple months, a few months. Yes. Uh, it was a quick stint while I was preparing for a move to Europe. So I spent a year in Europe, basically. Okay, where that. in Europe? Amsterdam, mm-hmm. where the action happens. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Lead, weed is Liga. <laughs> yes. And that's like, where, you know, the Amsterdam airport is like the fucking, yeah. you know, the Hong Kong airport where everything's like, everything con- congregates if you're trying what did you do in Amsterdam aside from the le- illegals? I mean, le- it's legal stuff there. <laughs> what did you do uh, in, in Amsterdam and how did you change that perspective again? So now you're immersed Philippines, MIT, now Europe. What yeah. was that experience like for you? Yeah. So after spending like, I would say, less than a year in the Philippines, mm-hmm. I realized that I guess at the time I wasn't fully ready to be back here. Okay. So I decided, you know, I really don't want to go back to the U.S. Okay. Um, and this is sort of the year where I want to sort of just travel and and see what's out there, and maybe I could come back and, and bring them back. Yeah. Uh, so I decided to be in Europe. I met this YC company actually in Amsterdam called okay. Embrace. Okay. Um, basically, what happened was I worked for them as a software engineer, mm-hmm. um, but you know, pretty much almost all the time I would be traveling ar- around Europe while mm-hmm. I was working also. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a, a good year where I, I was sort of just reflecting of what I really wanted to do essentially. That's amazing. And then after that, um, how long did you stay there? Uh, almost a year, actually. It's wow. about a year, yeah. Okay, and then you went back here? What was the next step for you? Yes, that was 2016. Okay. Uh, f- I guess, in the electoral sense, frustrating for me. Okay, because... Elections here and elections in the U.S. Uh, I was ah. mostly tuning into the American elections at that yeah. time. That <laughs> was then... when I was spending like months researching about what happened to the U.S. elections. So it was Cambridge Analytica... And all that. So I studied that and you know, met folks here in the Philippines that we eventually decided, can we build something like that? Can we analyze people's behavior in and, social media? Yeah, and influence. And, and yeah. actually, you know, in manipulate. Yes. And, 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 you know, fucking making people think they're smart, but they're really being <laughs> yes. manipulated. Exactly. It's propaganda, new age it propaganda. Is. It is. Right? It is. So what were you trying to build in that one? And why did that inspire you to build whatever you guys wanted to build after? Yeah, I guess... You know, I guess the naive part of me was like, 
you know, there, there was this tool that the Republicans were using, the conservatives, you mm-hmm. know, Cambridge Analytica, and nobody uh-huh. was really addressing for the liberals and mm-hmm. progressives. So, mm-hmm. you know, me at that time was like, oh, we should fight fire with fire. And, you know, wh- what if we build a software that would counteract the conservative propaganda at the time? Okay. Um, so that was sort of just the idea. It's so random. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we built that. And people did, it didn't explode yet. You yeah. know, they, you people. Some people knew, and they were in broad daylight. Yeah. They were celebrating left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did Brexit. We did fucking yeah. you know Trump and yeah. whatnot. And people didn't get until the Facebook thing yes, happened, happened. Yeah. right? And then Facebook thing happened. That also impacted us. I've, at least in the chatbot game, fuck, like right. it's so yeah. hard. Oh, Nobody yeah, can APIs fucking were exactly, and, and it's yeah. so hard. It's mm-hmm. Like I to the point where I had to go to F eight. Mm. It's so fucking thing. Like, hey, are we gonna have our bots up right again? It's like there's so much. My pipeline is fucking crazy, and yeah. I can't launch anything. Exactly. Right. So, okay. Now, my my question uh, before PayMongo. Yeah. What were the next hustles you did, and how did you eventually decide All right, let's do this shit. Yeah. Okay. Well, were there next hustles, and were were there key learnings you learned in between that set you up for PayMongo? Yeah. Um, so with that, you know, we, we did social analytics for two years, okay. and that's where I actually met my team. Okay. And, you so know, who's your team? Let's just give a shout out to them. Sure. Yeah. No. Um, my CTO definitely Jaime. Jaime. Um, I met Edwin doing that um, because he's he was the so, presidential spokesperson for President Aquino. Edwin Lacherda. Yes. Yes. The, the last la, the last sensible presidential spokesperson <laughs> we've had because the last ones we've had now are fucking like what the fuck? Right? This fucking yeah, crazy. No, <laughs> <laughs> this just calls me the screen. It's like what the fuck is going on in this fucking government, man? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So right. that's where I met them. Um, and form my team also. We have five engineers in the team now. Mm-hmm. That's where we started. And I think, you know, out of, we eventually, you know, uh, folded uh, what we were doing because Facebook APIs were closed. We couldn't really come up with a good viable product. But Got it. You know, one learning I had was that, you know, I had a good team. I had a team yeah. that can actually make things work. And I realized that we could build whatever we wanted. What were the key skills? Are there any redundancies? Because you, when you say you have a good team, yeah. it's not just like, oh, they're nice. They, they get yes. along well. That's more than that. What were the key skills that was in the team? Right, yeah. So this is actually like, you know, sort of just an insight. Um, this is actually how, how I would hire and do, do interview is that when I um, I would give them a problem they could uh, do over a weekend okay. and then intentionally make it, uh, you know, quite quirky hard okay. so that they would fail on the interview. Okay. And my goal was that to see how they would recover and actually find, you know, think out of the box how to solve wow. a failure. And that's how I picked this team. Got Basically, it. like, you know, people, nah, they wouldn't necessarily get things right in the beginning, but would not, you know, fold into like, you know, faces of failures. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, to me, like, I was able to form this team, nah, whatever, you know, anything tough that comes with, parang, we, we can always find a way together. Right. Yeah. It just so happens that, you know, you were. Victims of the circumstances as well with yes. with whatever you were trying to build. Yes. Now let's ask a million dollar question. How did PayMongo begin? Is it is it Mongo? Is it yeah. the, really? Is it the Mongo that becomes Toge? So when you um, grew, you pay Toge. Well, that's that's the story you tell now. Uh, we right. started actually with a totally different name. Okay. Uh, it was called Equiac because okay. So here's the background. Okay. Um, the requirement was we needed to have a .com domain. Of course. Yeah, that was, you should. Yeah. That was yeah. not debatable at all. Yeah. But, you know, we didn't want to pay like tens of thousands of dollars yep, to get yep. to get uh, you know unavailable ones. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I would be lurking uh, in expireddomains.net just to look for wow. um, you know available ex- recently expired right. ones. Just like hustle share. Apparently, this hustle share <laughs> shit really? was a fucking like a bear share LimeWire kind of shit oh, before. Okay. It's like why are my email? Why am my SEO so down? And I fucking looked the Wayback Machine. Ah, it's like okay. what the fuck? This is huh? used to be a, a this shit before. So yeah. now I'm, I'm just trying to build that up. So sorry, yeah. going back. So. You look for a good .com, .com. domain that's already been like uh, what foreclosed. Yes, <laughs> that's what yes, it is, yes right? exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, but also the requirement was it should be six letters or less. Because para you know, it's yes. but it's really hard though. It's really hard to find one that's like super. That. So again, and people like to fucking use weird fucking names or blah, 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 or whatever. Yeah. Right? No, that's how Six letters and less and <laughs> less than three syllables. Yes. That's what they say. Yes. Right? Uh-uh. But that's how we ended up with first name. Uh, there was like Equiac, which is really hard to pronounce. Yeah. We made a bullshit story now. Okay. <laughs> that's the name. What can we tell about it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, apparently it, it sort of sounded like equitable access or just payments uh, for us. So we, we, we sort of, uh, that's how we told our story in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we did our YC interview, the, the the lady who was assisting us to do the interview couldn't even pronounce it. So it was like, okay, we should change this. A quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it could be that, or equac or something like okay. that. Um, so yeah, that's how pay. And you know, Paymongo story was very similar. Expireddomains.net again. Got it. Um, so instead of doing six letters, I extended it to eight. Got it. So this is fine. Okay, <laughs> it's, it's a nice name. Yes. And it has also has a Filipino to it, right? Exactly. Mungo. So, it's yes. Fucking, if you want gout, then that's what you mean. <laughs> yeah, and you know, right. it's uh, synonymous to growth. So that's you know. Correct. I guess now the position is how we help people or businesses grow. Okay, so let's just call a spade a spade for those people who still don't know till now what a PayMongo, mm-hmm. what PayMongo is. What's the problem you're trying to solve with PayMongo? Yes. So the internet economy in the Philippines is growing fast. Yes. So, you know, we're doing like thirty percent year over year. Um, and as more and more people participate in the digital economy, we need to make it you know, easy for businesses to Payments. go online. Holy and, shit. You know, the bottom line is everybody needs to get paid if they want to sell something online, right? I mean, hey, fucking mess. Yeah. Um, so, um, but when you look at the space, uh, getting payments is actually really hard. Like, it would take you months, Dude. right? And <laughs> the integration yeah, is like painful. Yes. Um, so, you know, if, if businesses like spend time focusing on that, they lose sight of what they're actually doing. Exactly. So our idea and is then they're gonna they're always catching tail. Yes. The expenses don't stop. Yeah. You gotta pay on time. Exactly. And then your fucking paper trail, your accounts receivable, <laughs> it's there forever. Exactly. Right. And then cash is fucking there. There's so many loopholes. Yes. Right. Totally. Mm-hmm. So so the the idea was that you know it should be the least of your problem. Got it. And you know as Paul Graham would say a startup that helps another startup make money will always make money. So it's sort of like you know. Why don't we help the community and everybody makes money and let's grow this internet economy? But how did you want to do it differently? Because there's a lot. This is also a very crowded space. It is. Yes. You know, how did you stand out from that 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 pile? Right. And with with your expertise, because you know you you're doing amazing shit. Like you, <laughs> this is if you're if and your position. I love how you positioned it. Stripe of the Philippines. Yes. When you fucking say stripe, okay, I'm down. <laughs> Fuck PayPal right now. <laughs> I'm just saying, but I'm not. I. I I got burned by PayPal. I got held so much, like, I don't know, a couple, like $15,000 held up for six months for nothing just because they had to fucking call. Yeah. Dude, that can make so much payroll already. Exactly. Right? And Mm -hmm. why why that positioning and how did you stand out? Right. No, I mean, you're right. Like, there's a lot of players in this space. Yeah. It's pretty crowded. Um, but when you look at them, it hasn't really solved, like, the core problems of, like, starting up, right? Um, You know, lengthy paperwork, like, 
those long negotiations you have to do, mm-hmm. um, and then the fees, right? Are you like, uh, you know, the, the one that we you know one that charges you like thirty thousand pesos, which is for stupid. a small business, it's, right. it's a lot of money. That's already gutting yourself in exactly. the jugular, yeah. right there. And once you pay that, you'd be given this PDF file of like seventy pages of API, right? Yeah, and you know all that combined, it's just a lot of time for a business. So, and if you're trying to build a fucking MVP, yeah. How are you gonna do that? Exactly. <laughs> Especially if your your goal is to monetize and validate if someone's gonna right. be willing to pay from mm-hmm. day one, totally. right? And again, my biggest pain point: recurring payments, yeah. which is so hard mm-hmm. because, like, okay, a, a lot of payments here are built for one and done. Yeah. You know, oh, I pay there, boom, whatever. Yeah. But what if I want to do recurring yeah, subscriptions? Right? And all and that. Exactly. It's so hard. Now, how did you build that? And let's talk about it now. How did you apply NYC? Yeah. And what did you do? Did you think helped you uh, get in? Yes. So I guess a bit of a context before YC. Um, okay. So I had my team. So we, we sort of uh, left uh, doing social analytics. We needed to figure out what we wanted to do. Right. So we had this sort of like um, phase in our in our life. We, we didn't know what it, what, it, what it is that we want to do. Okay. Uh, so we ended up doing like software consulting for, for you right. know, a couple of months. And then we realized that you know, I was naive at the time trying to uh, convince that if we sell the engineering part, companies will, will pay. Yeah. Um, but I realized companies here don't really want to pay for engineers. Um, and, <laughs> oh. you know, they want a website, but they don't really want, they want quality website, but yeah. for half the price. So my WordPress is still just <laughs> here. <laughs> exactly. Right? So um, doing that for six months, we were running out of cash. And, but I had a team who can, who can build. Right. So, you know, mid-March, we were like, Let's build something, and we had background in payments and a bit of logistics before. So we're like, yeah, let's let's do that. Mm-hmm. And then when I, you know, I was like, oh, we need funding. Yeah. yeah, I didn't I didn't realize it was YC deadline. So it was a days before the YC deadline. Days. So wow. No revenue, no line of code. Like I just applied with a you know with a dream and a vision essentially. Like I had this right. team. Um, this is our background. This is what we want to do. This is how painful it is now. Yeah. Sort of painted that entire story, and you know, I guess the rest is history. Got it. We'll, we'll ask that <laughs> later, and then, then tips on how to get there. Sure. But after this, mm-hmm. let's just also provide more context. Sure. If getting to MIT is already hard, mm-hmm. they say it's much, 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 much more harder, <laughs> harder to yeah. get to Y Combinator. Yes. Right. What What are the stats like? Yeah. Um. Only about one point five percent get in. Uh. Every what batch. The so fuck? yes, it's harder than Stanford, which is the Hardest college. To yeah, that's yeah. Ivy League of Ivy League. <laughs> that's harder than fucking Stanford. Yes. 1.5%. Just yes. put things into perspective. If 10,000 people applied or 10,000 teams applied, yeah. only 1.5% yeah. will get in. Yeah, but when they get, okay, how did that experience, when you found out that, yo, PayMongo or Equiac at that time, <laughs> yeah. you're in? Well, what was that experience for you guys? Um, You know, even getting the first like video interview, it was. You were freaking out already. Yeah, we were freaking out. I mean, you know, we were asked to do an interview the next day. We would be like prepare, like we we hadn't had sleep at that time, like yeah, just preparing. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, to me, even getting that interview was a stamp already that we were doing something right. So even yes. if we did not end up getting in, like we were really like you know exactly. Um, yeah, persevering. Okay. Now, how did you find out that you really got in? <laughs> and what was that experience with the team? I'm pretty sure that was just an un, un, unreal experience for you guys. Yes, yeah, no. Uh, so April, so that was when they asked us to do like a, a video interview. Yeah. 
Um, so there's this, this partner. Um, April, just this year, in 2019. Yes, April. Wow. So okay. basically a month after uh, I submitted our application. Uh, so there's this guy, um, Tim Brady. He's one of the partners. He was, not Tom Brady. No, Tim not Tom Brady. Brady. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like Tom Brady. Okay. Um, and he's the first employee of Yahoo. He's this rich AF guy. Wow. Um, and, uh, and basically two days after, you got an email that, you know, they wanted us to fly to Mountain View to do the actual interview. Holy so, you know, we got a video interview. I was already happy. I was way more, we were way yeah, more than yeah, happy, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, knowing that we were going to Mountain View. But at that time, we had nothing, like no revenue, no transactions. Yeah, yeah. Um, the good thing was uh, they sch- scheduled our interview like a month later. Mm. So we had a month to prove ourselves. The MVP. Yes. Got it. So, you know, we like and the, again, the approach of YC is very tech-driven. You can't yes. just get away with a shitty MVP. Exactly. You got to build it. Yes. You can't just Squarespace. Oh, because there's there's no code movement now. We'll use a fucking Squarespace <laughs> site. No. Yeah. The equity really is in that line of code you fucking write. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So you have to prove that you're, you know, you're a team that can execute it. Got it. And how did you, who were back here? You're this MIT guy, you have Jaime. Who else was in this team building your shit? And how did you hack to, and I'm pretty sure Hackathon Galore was, was, was the <laughs> yes, shit. Yes, essentially. Right? How did you build this thing, this MVP that you guys wrote? Yeah, so, you know, two of us are you know, engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Luis, uh, he, he was he also did computer science in UP, okay. but he, he, you know, he built successful like, brick and mortar businesses here wow. in trading. So we, you know, we our positioning was that you know we have a guy who can build our partnerships here, which is very essential. Okay. And then Edwin, with his background in government, um, can you know help us navigate through Tito the complexity. Edwin. Yes. Thank you. Okay, there you go. So yeah. So basically, with that uh, combination, we built a product. We were able to like sign deals with you know e-wallets and yeah, banks and, there, and all there, that. Your pipeline of waitlist yes. was crazy. Yeah. I was looking. I was like, what? Five <laughs> hundred? No, because yes. we they were so hot. Yes. Like, and this is a validation. Like, shit. I yes. wish I had this five years ago. Yes. You know, like, it's so, so hard. That was the story. Okay. So you know, YC talagang looks at that as like, yeah, this this could work. You earned it through hustle. Mm-hmm. Good thing they scheduled the interview because they, if they <laughs> if they walloped you with an order, the next day you have to come here, you're fucked. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I I did a little bit of research. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. They say that the, the the YC experience really revolves around three tenets, right? Mm-hmm. The weekly dinners, I don't know what the fuck happens there. Mm-hmm. And then the office hours and demo day. Can yeah. you do a deep dive on each and what happens and whatnot? Or is there something I missed out? And how was that when you came in? No, that, that, that was it. Um, so the weekly dinner. So when, when we came in, we actually did not have much of an expectation. Okay. Uh, we, we got in May 29th. The program started like three That's days later. That's my bad date. May 29th. Oh, okay. oh, there you <laughs> go. I bless you with my birthday. <laughs> Bro, did you know who else is my birthday mate? Who else? Tony motherfucking star. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm, a lucky day. I'm iron belly, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the program started like three days after that. So we didn't really had time to even like digest what was happening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, weekly dinners, um, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So they invite like speakers. Uh, mm. A lot of YC alums have you know, made it. Airbnb guys, you know, the wow. Collison brothers. Uh, oh. And in other you know, non-YC people, okay. uh, there was a time in like Mark Zuckerberg would go. Um, people like those. You met Zuck in the flesh? Oh, not in YC. I met him before in, in different contexts, but not, Still, not this batch. Oh, my yeah. God. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, um, wow. Yeah, so the dinners, they would talk about like candid uh, version. Like 
sort of the true version of their hustle, basically. Yeah. Uh, you know, things they w- share <laughs> in a more legit way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a ripoff, right? Yeah. So, like you know, versions of their story that they wouldn't necessarily tell the public. Yes. That was like refreshing, but it's this closed door event, that very confidential and Got all it. that. Uh, so it's it was quite refreshing. Um, what was the network like? That's what I fucking want to know. Like, who are who was in that room? What were the other YC alums or what? The, that that wave or that batch? What yeah. were they trying to build, right? And what was the network like? Are they from whatever Madagascar? What, yeah. what, what was that batch like? Yeah, no, it's it's a pretty amazing batch. I would say this is the biggest batch ever. And, oh, uh, it's two hundred companies shit and again just to provide context just side note how much does yc get and for how much uh yc funds you one hundred fifty thousand dollars in exchange for seven percent of the more or less it's around 7.5 to 8 m already in peso Mm -hmm. just for seven percent that instantly puts your valuation around 100 plus million yeah exactly that's more or less 2 m already so you're not gonna get fucked on your next round at least Mm -hmm. it sent you like oh fuck you yc uh, did this so again and aside from you guys the only people that have been to yc before is caliber yes right so there's only two who can flex this muscle right now (laughs) and nobody else can fuck with y'all right (laughs) and we all know through, through caliber how important that is like i built my team even now the podcast network team Mm -hmm. All came from Caliber. Oh, so mad okay. fucking respect uh, yes, to that platform yes, totally. because these guys are uh, a main byproduct of that. Yes. For you, what what else happened after the week leaders' office hours? What happens there? I would say like the office hours is one of the most valuable experience actually. Right. You know, it was in office hours that we were actually pushed to launch. So during the first office hour, like June four, um, you know, Kevin Hill, one of the great partners there, he's like yep. a UX product guy. He was like. Um, have you launched? And we said no. Um, and then he asked why. And it was mostly our you know obsession to perfection. We're like, yeah. oh, we're waiting to do this, this putting this button here, and all that, all that. Right. And he was like, but can people actually make transaction now? And we were like, yeah. It's like just fucking la- launch that thing tomorrow. <laughs> so we were wow. pressured. It was like, okay, but we had like a five hundred long wait list, and we're like, yeah, on board all of them. So yeah. we, we started emailing people and all that. So shit. yeah. And, and our product was shitty at that time, but but yeah. It, but hey, yeah, it no, was useful. And, and here's what I was telling you: a lot of people message me, "Hey, bro, do you know some like yeah, check out PayMongo?" And they're <laughs> blown away of how easy it was. So mad props to you. Yeah, off to a good start. Um, again, sorry, I, I cut off my own question earlier. What were the other people building uh, in your batch? Yeah, no, it's it's very diverse. Um, mm. Half of the almost half of the batch are from non-US. Uh, countries really wow. uh, a lot are from india okay uh, so you know india is very a powerhouse it is um yeah. and then there's a good portion from latin america wow um there were guys who's actually solving you, you know what's happening in venezuela right Bella, Bella no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but you know what's happening in venezuela like you know yeah. all the hyperinflation all that yeah. so they're trying to use technology to you know allow people to you know buy goods from you know wow. from Venezuela and send money and all that wow uh, so you know those guys are really amazing um, mm. and then in, in Southeast Asia there were three of us two from Indonesia okay um, and of course us from the Philippines okay. um, the, in Indonesia one, one guy was, uh, one team was doing a Robin Hood for Indonesia so they're trying to allow Indonesians buy US stocks and all that there you go so and uh, the other in the, so again very diverse yes very underrepresented too yes and it's not just like you know it's not because they're, they're, there's no there's I mean, in terms of, there's no discrimination. It's just that there's a standard that yeah, you need yeah. to reach. Yes. And you got there. Lastly, before we take another break, 
demo day. Yeah. So there, there's a there's a you know how how long did the whole program last when you three were months there? three months yes and it all culminates during demo day yes what happens during demo day yes so demo day is basically you have two minutes okay. uh, uh, to pitch to like thousands of investors two in minutes yes all your three months no work no more to flex your two on a two minute <laughs> uh, time zone I yes. mean that, that 120 seconds yes right what what do you do and what what's the ask like is it an app pitch to investors what's who's the audience there. So these are investors from you know from top firms to like you know angel wow. investors. We have people from Sequoia, uh, Founders Fund, Sequoia, uh, Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, those but, guys. Right. Yeah, um, but I would say that that was the most we prepared for a two minute thing. Wow. You know, in as much as our ten minute interview was also the most we prepared for a ten minute thing. Wow. Um, so yeah, no, YC helps you um, build a concise story of your company. And I think it's very important because if you can't sell it to a fifth grader, you can't sell it to anyone. So, you know, they really trained us to pitch, uh, you know, easily and concisely mm-hmm. so that all these investors who are supposedly dumb, apparently, could right. understand it in two minutes and put a million dollars in a two-minute idea. Yeah, Absolutely. And then how was there jitters? Because here's a, a, another question before we take a break. You're used to being CTO. Mm-hmm. Now you're... Carrying the label of a CEO, yeah. there's a that's a different weight. Yeah. On a personal note, are you are you the hustler now as well to to get that done, or is that more of a team thing still? Um, it is. You know, at the end of the day, it's a team team thing. Yeah. Um, but now you know, I, I you know the the goal, and you know, for me personally and for the company, is to set an example where it's a product engineering led company, mm. right? Where we think about you know what it is we're actually building, how we talk to our users, right. and having like a person on the you know leading the team who has who can wear both hats in the business and engineering. I think that's a that that's an example that we want to set here at least locally. That is amazing. Again, let's just take another break, and when we come back, let's pay it forward furthermore to those people that actually want to you know fall into the footsteps. Because now again, the floodgates are open. It's not a chamba anymore. There's just caliber that got in. Now there's two. We need more. Yes. Because that's the totally. only time we're actually going to go mainstream. They're still underrepresented, and you know there's not enough startups still. Yeah. Quality startups too, mm-hmm. by the way. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, 
is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer. Trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the for the break. We're the final not for the break. What the fuck? I'm already flumping. We're literally recording this days before I'm recording this because I had to this guy's gotta go out. Because it's still fresh and you know, the the earlier the better because we need to inspire people early. That a kid from Leite can actually build this and then be to, be an MIT and be do this this amazing thing and you know, you just gotta Put in the work and the hustle, but yep. let's let's let's, gotta, let's do that. Um, let's let's start with the community questions. Let's sure. start with from former Hustle Share guest as well, Katrina Chan, former Alum as well yeah. of Bisay. Cool. So she says she wants to ask you. I'm genuinely curious what they think set them apart from the many that apply but fail to get in. Are there application process hacks you can't easily Google? Yes. Um, 
I would say, you know, not just for YC, I think in general, for an early stage company, the team matters the most. Um, yes. You know, like nobody wants to invest in a good idea, but with, bo- with a boring team, right? Correct. So, um, you know, YC always tells it that you know, always have a strong team. Okay. So, yeah, What's a, the team supposed to be like, though? Yeah. So, one that they know that, like, you have to have evidence that you can execute. Okay. Right. It could be from your background or, like, even, like, projects that, that you did tangentially to this. Got it. Um, and also, at the same time, you know, a technical co-founder is really important. The tech side really yes. is the most important yes. thing. Yes. I mean, you can't build a technology company without technology. Right. right. How about product people? Because, again, there's always the healthy email, right? They always say that there's three people, hackers, hustlers, and uh, creatives. I forgot the, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, what, right. What's that? Tri- is that still the triumvirate they're looking for? Or, or you can switch each other for some other whatever? Yeah. I think most of the time, people sort of wear different hats. Okay. Um, you, have, you have your main one, but, you know, if you have an, I think coming from an engineering background allows you to actually you know, be flexible and you know have a product role and and be a business person. Got it. I I, I doubt the other way is true. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of just my view. Um, so that's why you know having a technical co-founder really helps and oh, you know, have the other guy sort of you know think about the business. And again, this is the tech startup here is really though those ones that did the ones that go to YC are mm-hmm. the ones that eventually change the world mm-hmm. exponentially. You know, because that's the aim of all startups. Like, yeah, yeah we're going to be the next whatever, blah blah blah. You're right. The likelihood of you achieving that when you get to YC mm-hmm. is very high yes. because you've already been tried and tested mm-hmm. under the Paul Graham uh, mm-hmm. playbook, per right. se. Yes. Okay, the next question. Uh, this is coming from Arty Lopez. He says, I really want to know what happened with Magpie and why they felt they had to need, they needed to build a competing product. Um, is that a fair assumption or what, what's, what's, what's your take on this? Um, you know, the way we view it, you know, when it comes to the internet economy, Okay. Um, uh, what do they say about that, that? You know, rising tide lifts, lifts all, all boats. boats. I always say that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think that's the same thing with payments, right? right? You know, if you enable more and more businesses, we're we're sort of attacking the long tail. Right. Uh, you know, social sellers who have no time, money, and resource to build integrations and all that. Right. We're starting with that. We might grow into other verticals, mm-hmm. but but you know, when I was helping Magpie build their platform right. i think now i'm not very familiar so i won't give justice to it, but right. uh, the last time i heard you know, they were focusing on the enterprises and other yeah. business so it's a different vertical so i Absolutely. think you know now it's very complimentary right. um, you know as yc always says it you, you don't worry about competitors in the beginning because most likely you'll kill yourself than your competitors exactly so um yeah that's how i see it absolutely and that's great and i agree when you say rising tide lifts all about like Nobody really monopolizes a market anyway. Right. Like for example, exactly. in chatbots, right? I'm good friends with my competitors, mm-hmm. specific, specifically Gian uh, Delarama. Yeah. Like, and that's where he always says that rising, rising tide lifts all boats. Like, bro, before this, we have a brotherhood because we were pre, we were we were uh, from Kickstart. We got invested on. Just so happens we're competing now, but there's more than enough space. Totally. For everybody, especially in this Philippines where everybody's unbanked, there's this whole financial clusterfuck that we're in is there. So there's no need to do that. But you're doing your own, you're blazing your own trail. Right. right. Now, what's next? After all of this, you know, you came back, you have a brand new spanking office in BGC. Now you're under more pressure. Demo day is not just as acute mini pressure, it but is. now you're here to execute. Yes. Right. How are you building this team? What are the next steps you got to try to build to 
make magpie. I mean magpie. Sorry, what the fuck? Um, it's <laughs> pay Mongo. Sorry, shit. I, I, I'm, I'm fucked up. But pay Mongo. Yeah. A pay toge. It yeah. becomes a full brown <laughs> toge, right? And what? And become a fucking lumpia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. How how do you move forward? No. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. After demo day, we're back to the real world, the right. real hustle, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know the long term vision, really. You know, starting with that. Um. So we're starting with payments because that's how we can capture all these businesses and help them succeed in the internet economy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, short term, you know, build all these partnerships to enable more options and capture all these merchants, help right. them essentially get on board. Mm-hmm. But the way we see it is over time, it is going to be a bigger financial infrastructure play. Yes. So payments being the first, but we're actually going to be in the best position yeah. to build this lasting partnership with with these businesses together. Absolutely. And I think, you know, there's a lot more services that we can offer in the future. Right. So, you know, build a team, focus on the product and be relentlessly obsessive with the customers and I think that's And build fast and you, I don't know, an engineering team with as solid as a team as you are, especially if you, you a CEO who's yeah. already a dev, oh fuck, then you have Jaime who's another yeah. solid dev and yeah. all these guys, dev-centric, you'll be attracting the best talent to work under you. Yeah, People would kill to be, just be a junior in your, in your company. Right? But in terms of how you build from here, is there any specific talents now you look for? Because you know, you're telling, about, telling me about the specific problem. Does that also apply, apply to non-dev positions? Is that what you Yes. Um, so we're, of course, uh, we're, built, you know, we're growing our, our engineering team because right. we have to do all, you know, we have a long pipeline of like integrations to do. Right. Um, but also at the same time, we believe in, you know, I believe that our growth is also, is dependent to the growth of the businesses on the platform. Exactly. Right? And part of that is, you know, ensuring their successes. So we want to focus, have a strong growth team as well, working right. with all these businesses. The yeah. real fucking growth hackers, yes. you know. And uh, you have one in the team, right? Uh, that's very solid. The, yes. the solid background. What, what is, is that Luis or Jaime? Yeah, um, Luis focuses on that. He leads that growth team. Okay. He has another person there, Victor, who's helping yeah. um, us and our customer success. Right. Um, and, you know, we're, we're getting more people and we're actually speaking with uh, a lot of people just to help us actually focus on our customers. Basically. Got it. Now, in terms of intangibles, okay, there's uh, going back to the YC experience, acceptance. I mean, weekly dinner, office hours, demo day. What are the intangibles that you also got aside from you know whatever is just out there that that you left with? Because this is you know the friendships, the network. What are those things that you left with from the YC experience that now give you an, an unfair advantage over yeah. how everybody else and whatnot? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the network is really valuable. Like. You know, I, I know that when you know, I got in, but actually, like having that experience to talk to you know the network, right. it's just an amazing experience. Like you know, we're just one email away from the Collison brothers of Stripe, for example, right? So, oh and, no. what's, and it, what's what's aside from them? Describe further what the network like. What the network is? Is it? Demo day, dude. These are like the people with the biggest checks who can actually fucking understand tech and not gonna ask silly questions. <laughs> like, are you gonna be profitable? They want like, no. These people understand the long game. Yeah. What's that network like? Well, it's a uh, you know it's a combined valuation of 150 billion dollars. So you know, that's uh, how crazy that <laughs> network is. I turned to little John <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Yes. Um. And you know, some of these alums are actually invested in us also. Um, so it's it's this network that just keeps on helping each other. Exactly, yeah. it actually fucking gets it. Yes, right. That they're playing the long game. It's not a bubble. Yeah. Right. Because 
the 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 I mean from there's it's it's a chicken and egg kind of thing because the traditional business world looks at it like oh you're not the Fortune Five you're not whatever <laughs> but you look at Nasdaq the best fucking shit in there are tech companies yes right even WeWork who's not really a tech <laughs> tech company per se not shitting on them yes. but you know is is there and it's doing well right. so it's 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 a testament to a new kind of business or a new way of business. Uh, execution. Right. That it's not just all positive cash flow. That's one track. Yes. But there's so many other tracks how you can scale yeah. and eventually do that. Yeah. Okay. What's what's next for you? I mean, this is uh, very very early in the game. I'm pretty yes. sure 12 months <laughs> down the road if we eventually catch up for a part two of this, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things you'll be able to share. What excites you now and what you're going to be building next? Well, I think one of the, and I guess, you know, YC helped us a lot in this is that we were able to meet a lot of like investors in the valley for one, okay. and um, we came in with this sort of uh, notion that you know, people don't understand the Philippines, they don't understand Southeast Asia, right. um, and you know most of it is true. But yeah. we were, we were able to meet people who, despite you know their lack of experience in this market, they're really gung ho about our growth. Absolutely, and I think it excites me the most because you know we have this backing from the valley who are really um, supportive of us. And I think that will allow us to you know, bring all these network and help this market grow even much faster. And let me tell you something. Sorry, let me cut yeah, you off. Sure. Not just the valley. You have the whole country rooting for you. <laughs> the whole, at least the whole startup yes. PH community mm-hmm. is rooting for you because your win is our win. Mm-hmm. You're totally. paving the way, right? You know, it's just like holy shit. That's why I wanted to do this <laughs> because it's possible, guys. Right. Some guy, some kid that you know from Leyte to MIT mm-hmm. and not to YC. What's next? You know, right. you, th- th- there's already a pattern here. I'm not saying it's gonna be all pretty. You're gonna fuck up yeah, along no, the way. It's, it's Fine, but you're you're there. You're in you're in the best position to actually make the mm-hmm. real first unicorn. Yeah, well, that's out of the a lot of pressure, though. No, 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 no. no <laughs> but we're we're we got you. Just know as well that from from a support ecosystem, yeah. from a, we if you need anything else aside oh. from the valley, which is again a great card to have. We have you. We got your back, right? They cool. might not say that to you, but I'm mm-hmm. speaking in behalf. All right. You no, know, we got amazing. you, kids. We got Tito Edwin. <laughs> okay, don't just because Tito Edwin. If you run, you need to get Tito Edwin yes. to run. With you. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, last last question. So, in terms of um, what you call this advice? Let's let's get get it up. You're a dev by default. Yeah. What would be your advice? Given you're in MIT, you're mm-hmm. from MIT. What would be your advice for devs who want to become CEOs down the road? Because right. that's all I, I hear this track all the time. I want to put my own startup up. What are the key skills they need to do or what are the key things they need to do to be able to get to that transition? Right. Yeah. Um, I would say engineers, you know, software engineers are actually in the best position to build companies. Exactly. One, because they understand the technology, right? Right. Um, and it's not all bullshit. And, and you know, if you know, they spend the time actually, you know, uh, trying to understand how, you know, how businesses work and all that, right. they're in so much better position. Exactly. Um, I was lucky enough when I was in college, uh, one of the Caliber co-founders, actually, Danny Kastonge, he was yeah. one of my mentors wow. in college because he went to Sloan School of Management. Wow. Uh, at that time, I was like a nerd engineer and uh-huh. he was trying to help me understand the business side of it. Right. Um, so that's how I got into entrepreneurship. Wow. And I think, you know, if, if engineers would, you know, 
like be willing and spend time with business people and try to understand. They'd end up getting all those lessons and they end up having actually more power because they understand the tech and the business. At the yes, same time. don't be averse to it. Sometimes there's an obsession with just the tech. Yes. And then you just like brush off and you need to understand the business case. Yeah. And then what skills do they need to develop too? Yeah. No, um, so actually on that note, I always tell, you know, other engineers that you can write the best code, you know, the most advanced algorithm. Like Google could do that but if it takes them 10 clicks to search nobody would use google right so i tell engineers that we could build the best tech but if nobody uses it there's nothing there ain't right? nobody caring for that <laughs> exactly. Shit. exactly so um yeah no I, I think it's all about just the interest and you know trying to think the bigger picture that we need to build something that people want okay now um, let's pay it forward now what is your advice for people that want to join yc movie for what are your hacks you just recently did a talk what was like yeah. the gist of that uh, to, to to get more people to at least have a better chance? Right, not a guarantee, yeah. but a better chance of getting in. You know, actually now is like really the right time to be applying primarily because YC is growing. They're actually shifting a lot of focus towards internationals. Yeah. You know, about almost half now are uh, non-US Blood companies. Gates are open essentially, yeah. yes. So, um, you know, uh, but that would also like. You know, attract more competition, but I guess that gives us opportunity as yeah, well. If you're not gonna try, you're not gonna get it. <laughs> <laughs> totally, right. totally. Um, you know, it, there's only three things that you know YC looks for: team, the time, and the traction. A team is the most important. You know, show that you're the right team. You have a technical co-founder. Um, you have you have something to prove that you can actually do shit. Right. Um, and then there's a, there's a fast growing market. It doesn't have to be like really huge now it could be small like the philippine market is relatively small in southeast asia but it's growing fast yeah so take advantage of that and assume these guys have no idea about your market yeah. so if you're starting out with a company in the philippines and in southeast asia mm -hmm. educate them i actually spent a lot of time painting a good picture of you know, how hard payments is in the philippines right and then traction like if you're able to show that yeah we're a good team our market is growing. This is how it is. And we can make it 10x better. Mm -hmm. And we have these people, like, you know, even just, you know, show of interest. We have 500 people sign up who hasn't even seen the product. Right. Right. So all those combined, you make YC feel formal. That's your goal. Eh? Exactly. Now, you make them feel nah, they're, they're missing out by not investing in you. Exactly. You want to be wanted. Exactly. Right? Now, if they don't invest today, they're not going to get another chance. Exactly. So that's, that's sort of the key there. So and it's similar to like giving that, that carrot like, mm -mm -mm. <laughs> right? You yeah, have exactly. to be one in a million or at least make paint that picture that, yo, I'm something so solving something right. fucking big here. Mm -hmm. yeah, maybe we should do the podcasting. I'm just kidding. But there's a lot of competition in the US. But in Asia... Yes. That's why I'm trying to put this podcast network. Nobody's doing a gimlet right. here. Oh, right? okay. Nobody's supporting the podcasting industry. And nobody, yep. pe people don't even know that there's content like podcasts right. yet. Yes. Until <laughs> we fucking do it. So God, uh, help us God and whatnot. And what, <laughs> let me see. Okay. Um, what's the biggest fuck up you've had so far? I, I'm just curious because you know, through all the learnings and, you know, I mean, you're still very young. How old are you now? Uh, 26. Dude, you're still riding your prime. You don't, <laughs> if you drink, you're still going to be able to recover well. <laughs> Five years of legal drinking for yes, you, so that's yes. good. What was your biggest fuck-up now? What did you learn for that? Yeah, um, I would say, you know, especially when I was younger, maybe for like five years ago, mm -hmm. um, I, I was a bit naive and to think that, you know, it's all about the, the business bottom line. And during those years, 
um, you know, we've, we've uh, burned bridges to a lot of people, um, okay. you know, and people come and go. And that's I was naive at that time. Right. In doing all that, I realized that, right, um, you know, ideas actually, like, a lot of them don't last, but relationships yeah. are for a lifetime. Absolutely. So, you know, building this team, I realized that, you know, we could build many things, but I couldn't build another team like this if I were to let them go and things like that. Correct. So I think, you know, at the end of the day, again, like the YC thing, the team is the most important. And uh, I think that's my, my biggest uh, lesson over the years. Now, always have those people who can, you know, go miles with you. Okay. Thank you again, Francis. Appreciate it. So again, mm-hmm. um, if they do want to check out PayMongo, what do they do? And then where do they go? Sure. So simply go to paymongo.com. You could read about uh, our very amazing value proposition and you could you could sign up for an account and get uh, payments right away. All right. Thank you, friends. Again, thank you very much. Right, and sure we enough. are rooting for you. All right. Thank the you. whole community is rooting for you. And you guys, if you like that episode, don't forget to give us love and press the follow button, whatever fucking podcast app you have that you're using. Or again, if you want to get first dibs, just like what we did for the community uh, when they asked the questions for Francis today, uh, don't forget to join the hustle share community on facebook and don't forget to chat our shit the, the our hustle share chatbot powered by chatbotph on m.me slash chatbotph and again don't forget to follow and show some love to the other pinoy podcasters in our network go to podcast network asia again thank you very much bro all right thank you so all much. right and i'll see you guys in the next episode peace <laughs>